Hello and welcome to the Birdie and Bass Podcast, Episode 7. I'm Bass and with me is Birdie. Hi. And in this episode, we're going to discuss EA Play's showcase um, and all the games that they released through it. And by the looks of it, it's just like poured everything to Steam. Yeah, so I think with like a lot of people um, are getting over Uplay and Origin and things like that. Steam is the masterclass, um, along with the Epic Game Store, of course. So they're just making the games more accessible to more people. And putting them on Steam is probably the best move they've possibly got. Um, so yes, it, to me, it's a good move. It's making gaming more inclusive for everyone. Um, and I think that was the main message to come out of EA Play Live was that they want to make gaming for everyone. Yeah, well, um, having all your games in the one location is pretty handy when you're seeing there. And obviously with an Xbox, it's easy or a, or a PlayStation, it's all on the one console. But when you've got a PC and you've got what Origin, you've got Steam, you've got EA Play, I mean, um, Epic Game Store, and you've got um, the EA one. That's Origin. Oh, that's Origin. Uh, Uplay or yeah. Ubisoft. It just seems like how many different bits of software do we need to have to load all the different things in? I mean, let's face it, at the, in the end, they're just launches and shop fronts. That's all they are. So yeah. um, having them on Steam is probably going to actually get them even more players in the world, especially on Sims, because um, that's normally the biggest complaint about Sims um, 4 is Origin just won't load it up. <laughs> so. Well, how many expansions are there for it? I've, I've reckoned there's probably like nearly, I reckon, a dozen of them. Easily. And then you've got all the Sims games before that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's one of those franchises that just keep going. Yeah, so they they rattled off a lot of games that are coming from Origin over to Steam. Um, they're still going to be on Origin, obviously, but The Sims 4 is definitely the biggest one. Um. There was um, a way out. Was another one. Uh, there was, there was a few of them. Yeah, there's definitely a few of them to go over there. Um, a couple of their classic games are also going over there. It's yeah, it's just making games more inclusive, really. Uh, well, the first thing they kicked off with was Apex Legends. Uh, they announced crossplay, so they're going to be. When's that coming in? Um, so crossplay for that. They just said fall, so they didn't really give any specific dates or anything like that. Um, they also announced that the Apex Legends will be coming to Switch and be included on crossplay, which there's always the argument of um, with crossplay of PC players and console players not being on the same level. Well, they've just introduced a third level because Switch just does not have the controls for this. Yeah, well, I know with um, Fortnite with their cross-play, I think the Switch players go with their mobile version, then you've got your PS4 and your Xbox ones, and then you've got your PC ones as well. And obviously you can um, choose who you play against, which I'm hoping that um, they do allow that for Apex Legends, whether we can just turn cross-play on and say, look, we only want to play with other consoles and have it that way. Um, We'll see what happens. Otherwise... We could be lobbed in with PC players. Well, like with Apex, I don't really mind. Like we've seen with Call of Duty, you play against PC players and everything like that because they've already got cross-play. Um, there's not much 
like everyone's got their own strengths and weaknesses. Obviously, consoles have aim assist and everything like that. But consoles have had mouse and keyboard for a while now, and there are mouse and keyboard players in Apex Legends, and they can do well with sniping. That's about it. Yeah. If you get up and close and personal with a 301, you can, as long as you're a half decent player and a better player than them, you can normally outplay them. So, my biggest thing is literally like, especially in Australia, it's going to fill up the Australian servers for duos, which it's hard to find a game at sometimes, but mostly ranked. It's very hard to find a game in ranked. Yeah, which is hopefully going to, um, with crossplay, I'm hoping that it might allow for the opening up of tournaments a bit more as well. Yeah, so that that's another big thing I was thinking about is tournaments. Like that first big Apex tournament they opened up to everyone was PC only, which to me is not opening it up for everyone. Um, the other thing is the whole rank system is built on a per-platform basis. So the master rank is the top what, 500 players on that platform. With all the pla- platforms being on one big platform now is that going to change well, i think they can still keep it because obviously uh if you're playing on your ps4 then and you're playing ranked and you get your points it counts towards the ps4 class i'm just hoping that if you take that same account and you jump on your pc and play that you your kills and whatever points you earn there don't end up helping you out in ps4 um, rankings that they actually separate that out and make that apply to the P, uh, the PC rankings because you are playing on a PC. Oh, it has been brought up in forums that um, apparently people were asking if they're going to do cross saves now because a lot of people have gone from like PS4 or Xbox to PC because they want to try it on a higher frame rate. And obviously all their cosmetics and everything don't go over with that. Um, but now with the cross-play function, obviously they're linking the the origin accounts and it has been asked if that means all their stuff's going to go with them from platform to platform. And the outright answer at the moment was no, there is no cross save. Oh, well, they did say at this time though. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's an ever evolving um, thing as, as more and more stuff becomes available as um, Xbox and Sony, Nintendo and everything allow for cross play to happen. You're definitely going to need a pro controller, I think, for Switch if you want to get any good at Apex. I just don't see Joy-Cons holding up. No, I don't see it either. But I have I did have a couple of games of Fortnite when that first came out on Switch and I think the uh, aim side of things was bumped up a bit if you're a Switch player. But either that or it might have just been the fact I felt like I was playing against people that were playing the mobile version. <laughs> <laughs> but. Right. Then they're bringing, obviously, Apex is coming to Steam, like a lot of other ones, and then they've just announced the new event that comes out on Tuesday or Wednesday our time. Yeah, Tuesday in America, which is Wednesday our time. Um, Yeah, so it's a Lost Treasures event. The skins look epic. Yeah, I'd have to give give it to um, Respawn. Respawn. They have been pretty good with the uh, development of the skins. This, um, this looks and, like Indiana Jones statues. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing I do like gives them credit for is they're not like Fortnite where they're trying to drop skins every bloody day. They're actually, I think they're only on a weekly rotation. Yeah, so um, it, it depends on how they do this one really because 
it seems they've tried a few different things. So it depends on which formula they stick with with this, but normally it is a weekly cycle. Um, I actually preferred the uh, first way that they did the events in the fact that they, um, where you had to, you had the two rows of um, the, the we had to earn the. Um, oh, like the mini battle pass type thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool thing. So um, that if you got all 24 of them, then you unlock the heirloom that way. I preferred that way rather than just, here you go, here's the skins, pay for them and away you go sort of thing. I'd rather just, because if you went the other way where you actually got the, um, the packs, mm. you could obviously go, well, I just want a couple of packs. You open a couple of packs, you might get the skin, a couple of skins that you do want. You go, all right, now as I'm done, I don't really want the heirloom. I don't really want the rest of them. I've got the skins that I want. Mm. Uh, I guess that. Being able to buy that in the store allows for you just to buy the ones you want. But I got a sneaking suspicion that the packs way of doing it was actually cheaper. Yeah. When they first did that, buying the random packs were definitely cheaper to get everything rather than buying everything individually. It was kind of like a premium on it. And they did cop a lot of crap for that. Um, but I would like a way, like if you're doing the event, I would like a way to actually earn the packs doing the event as well as being able to buy them. So people that want to buy them can buy them. People that want to save some money but want to play the hell out of the event should just be able to play the event like it's a battle pass, earn the Apex packs for the special event and open up what you can and make it, you know, not maybe, maybe. easily possible, but make it, make it hard enough to really push people to do the event to get all the packs. Maybe they should do it in an in a aspect of, You've got your obviously your gold tier ones and you've got your purple. Maybe they make the gold ones, you've got to buy packs to get those. So that's that's your elite ones. And the bottom level sort of thing, maybe it's done by completing challenges or something like that. If you complete these challenges, you earn these packs and then that entitles you to unlock that, that row. So that gives you gives them the opportunity to do a bit of the bit of a both worlds. Yeah, there's 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 I think that's why they keep slightly changing it every time is because there is so many different ways to do this um, and none of them are really right or wrong. Okay, there are some that are really wrong. <laughs> I think EA is just trying to get away from the whole um, Battlefront 2 saga and the mini microtransactions. Oh, yeah, they're definitely trying to do that. Um, but I mean, I trust what Respawn does. As long as EA doesn't interfere too much, I'll be happy. Um, but, yeah, once the event or event's starting, um, we'll probably – Look at covering it in a podcast in the future. How we enjoyed it, what actually happened, and um, if we think they should keep doing it the way that they've done it this time. And remember, we'll probably be streaming it on Mixer as well on our individual channels. Um, so, I mean, if you want to actually come check it out and hang out with us, that's always cool. Yeah, there is always that. Um, we'll be co-streaming. Yes, need to co-stream. Um, well, we've talked about Sims 4 going to Steam. Uh, it Takes Two is a new game coming out from the developer of... A Way Out. Which I didn't actually see the part from It Takes Two. Please tell me it's an individual sort of single-player game. He's not done this one as a multiplayer only. It's a co-op. It's a co-op only again. Yep. So, okay. So th- this guy, he he's actually a film director by trade. Um, He's very, very cocky. Um, he's the guy that got up and won an award um, at the Game Awards. I think it was last year or maybe, no, it was the year before last year. And 
got up on stage and asked straight out if he could swear and then just said, fuck the Oscars repeatedly. Um, but yeah, so his, his studio, Hazelight, is making another cooperative game. Um, it's, it's very hard to explain. It looks like it's got some very unique char- characteristics in it, like all of his games do. And seeing gameplay for the first time is going to be interesting for that one, I think. Obviously, A Way Out was a popular game. Otherwise, he wouldn't be obviously allowed to do another round of it, either that or he's got the way with um, words and able to get funding pretty easily. I think it was crit- critically acclaimed to be amazing, but I don't think it had the playthrough. Oh, okay. So you'd play it once. But I haven't actually had a chance to play through it yet. So I've only played the first half an hour of it and it's interesting and it's impressive what they did with it and stuff like that but it just didn't tickle my fancy fair enough um the next one we got is lost in random yeah so this is another little indie developer um a part of the ea's indie studios and it's just very weird it kind of looks like a circus away mixed with Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> is it just me or is there seem to be a lot of horror indies coming out when you had a look at the Xbox showcase <laughs> last month and then you've got these ones coming out there? Is there any indie developers that are just wanting to do like your normal run-of-the-mill game or is that just we just need to do, what is it called, um, Scare... Scare tactics? Scare tactics on people. Scare the crap out of them so they keep playing the game. I think the main reason for this was um, when all the surveys came out, what, 12 months ago, asking what they think these platforms need from from the consumers. A lot of consumers said um, that there weren't enough horror games, like the Xbox 360 and that and the PlayStation 3, they had a lot of horror titles. A lot of people don't remember them, a lot of them. But there was stuff like Silent Hill and all these games and a few Resident Evil games and some remakes. Um, There was an Omen game on PC. Just no one makes games like that in this entire generation except for what? Evil Within 2. There was meant to be a PT game, never happened. Um, and it's still regarded as one of the best horror games ever created, and it wasn't even created. Yeah. Um, and what well, Resident Evil Seven? It's three notable games. I think people are hungry for it, and I think they've taken this information, and everyone's thought, "Oh, well, we can get into this market of a horror survival horror game or something like that, and we'll be the only ones there." But everyone's done the same thought. Yeah, I was going to say you can see by um, how much what is it, death, death by daylight is streamed. Yes, I think you can pretty much go on at any time of the day and you'll find someone streaming that game. Yes, typically a lot of teenagers that would typically be in a movie like that and stabbed first. Yeah. Uh, next one we've got is Rocket Arena. I actually like the look of this game. It looks like something a bit different in the fact that it's. Um, I think there's only four rockets. Yeah, it's just rockets. You can shoot at each other. but Apparently, apart from the nice people, the amazing transport infrastructure um, and the beautiful beach locations, the best thing about this place is everyone has rockets. (laughs) 
blow the crap out of each other, but it should make for an interesting game. Yeah, everyone is it's kind of like a hero shooter like Overwatch. Everyone's got their individual little tropes and powers and everything like that, which is great. Um and you can actually the more you play and the more experience you get, you can unlock new modifications for everyone for your individual characters. Um so it's very much a hero shooter mixed with a little bit of Call of Duty, you can get different weapon attachments and things like that. Um, and even looks like individual types of rockets. Oh, well, you so, gotta have you gotta have a bit of a spin on the game and everything else like that. It's just yeah, it's. It, I think that thing is literally going to be like um, playing custom games back in the Halo Two days, where everyone just had rocket launchers, and you would just be running around screaming. Oh well, it's <laughs> fun. It's like when you get jump on Warzone and you play in shipyard, you run around with a bloody shotgun and blowing everyone's head off. Exactly. Um, the biggest. One, I reckon, that probably came out of this was the fact that Skate 4 was announced. Um, didn't think we'd get another one of those games. Didn't realise it was that popular, but apparently people have been jumping up and down asking for another one, and EA has finally answered the uh, call and it's been announced. Well, this this all came along pretty much because the fan base for Skate is so huge and so noisy that I don't think EA could have actually ignored it anymore. Um, the developers were actually called back in to do it and they were a part of the EA Live conference and they even said, like, this would never have happened if you hadn't been, like, so big-mouthed and kept asking for it for years and years to come because it was never going to happen. It was never on the books at EA. It just shows you the what happens if you if a game is good and you want to have a voice about it. The more people that have that voice about it, the more these developers are going to take notice and actually, well, not developers, the publishers are going to take notice and want more of these games done. Yeah, so like, if you think about it, Skate really came out at a time when Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games were not so good and Skate just shot, shot up in the market. It filled a void and it was amazing. And then that went quiet as well and Tony Hawk's brought out, well, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, which was just horrifyingly bad. Yeah, well, then they've just announced the um, they've announced the one and two remake, one and two remake. I'm just waiting for them to drop the whole fact that they've made an, a six or something like that, or a seven or something like that. That's been that's going to drop within three months of the remix coming out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're going to go with that personally, but I find it very funny that. Skate 4 is said to be in development now. With, well, they didn't even say it's in development. They said it's very early days. This has only just happened. And this has happened, what, a month after <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered comes out and the world went crazy over that? I think, yeah, I think that <laughs> might have helped there. The amount of fact, like, I jumped on and bought, got the pre-order with the skateboard and I think that sold out in Australia in about two hours. Yeah. So... If you're getting that kind of demand for stuff, I think they're probably going to set up and take note and see what happens. Yeah, I think EA went, holy shit, skateboarding's still relevant. We're quick. We're going to make another game. So we'll see a, a, skate for, a Skate 4 limited edition with a skateboard deck, I reckon? Um, maybe. I mean, they did do um, a custom skateboard deck. I can't remember if it was Skate 1 or Skate 2 or a pre-order edition. Um, I just don't want to see a skateboard actually as a, an attachment for the console because I reckon that just that'll fail miserably. <laughs> well, like Tony Hawk Ride. Yep. <laughs> that was amazing. Amazing technology that didn't break in 30 seconds. No, you can't. 
anyway, the next one was Star Wars Squadrons, which to me is a game I've been waiting for someone to actually make from back when it was done in the 360 days. No, I was playing on GameCube. So you're talking original Xbox. Okay. <laughs> so we've been waiting a long time. Um, obviously, EA wants to milk as much as they can out of these last few years of the contract that they've got with Disney to do these Star Wars games. But um, they seem to be putting more content into Battlefront 2, but the Squadrons one actually does look interesting. But my biggest thing with this is can game developers please choose how many people can be in your party and just stick with it, doesn't matter what game you do? Because you've got games like Apex where you're getting trios and that's it. That's the most you can have three. Then you've got games that are doing quads, so you've got four. Now they've brought out squadrons where you've got five. So now we've got to find four other people to play with if we want to do a custom squadron or we've got to deal with random people. Can't we just say, look, we'll just make it four people or and then that's what everyone does their multiplayer consoles as? Because this is just getting ridiculous. Well, I think they think that we have five friends. <laughs> well, you got to find four other people. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> so, and you got to find them that all want who will have the same game as well. But that's the other thing is why can't we, if we're going to play with someone, get be able to invite them into games and play the game, even if they don't have the game. Like, give them a once-off code to be able to play that session with us. If they like it, they can buy it. If they don't, they can't use it anymore. Well, Nintendo used to do that um, kind of thing with the whole game sharing system and everything like that. It was download play. So if somebody had a DS near you, you could play the game. Like I think Mario Kart did it. So they could play Mario Kart with you. they just download that section of the game from your DS. Yeah. Um, and A Way Out did it actually, speaking of Hazelight. Yeah. One person bought the game. The other person gets a free download of the game yeah. to play with that person. <clears throat> but, yeah, anyway, going back to Star Wars Squadrons, the video looked – actually, I was quite surprised with it. I was actually looking forward to it. The fact that they've gone from the where you go into battle and it's not just I'll go in and do a, um, a normal battle of five versus five or whatever, it's – you come in and you've got to you got your three stages you got to move through. So you've got your frontline fighters, you've got your obviously your your second class of ships and everything like that that are there to help out. And then you're finally on to the um main big ships that you've got the to big actually Imperial destroyers and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm intrigued because the video showed both sides of it. So obviously you can either be on the rebellion or you can be in the Imperial side of things. Um, I think that's going to be a fun argument when you've got four other mates trying to work out which side of the uh, force you want to be on. Yeah, I, th- I think it might be a little bit random, like what Call of Duty does pretty much. Like you don't really select your team. It's just when you go into multiplayer, you either get put on the Imperial side or the um, uh, the new resistance side. Um I think that's the fairest way of doing it because yeah. otherwise you're just going to end up. Apart from that, I think they got solo um, like um, PVE playlists okay. like they used to do. I mean, there has been a couple of Star Wars games in the past that have allowed you to do dark side and light side things and things like that. 
Um, I just know when they were talking about the campaign, you skip between the two sides depending on okay. where the story is at that time. Yeah. But I'm intrigued to see with the battle and everything else like that, like you've got your, your three aspects of it and everything. So I'm hoping there's going to be the allowance of a little bit of uh, strategy in it as well because obviously um, it showed in the trailer where you've got a hit but then you need to obviously clear out anything that's flying around so you can hit that, hit that part of the um, ship that you need to hit. Hmm. Yeah, well, what they were showing in the um, live stream for EA Play was obviously like an Imperial Star Destroyer has its three shield generators, so you got to take them out before you can take on the bridge. Um, but they also have things like their weapon batteries and things like that to deal with, which are really good for your interceptors to get through, like your A-wings and that. Um, destroy that, make a nice hole. Then you've got your um, fighters, which are like X-wings and things like that which are really good for actually taking out things like the shields um, to get through and they're nice and maneuverable and they're an all-rounder. They can still do dogfights. And then you've also got like those to be runners for people in your Y-wings and your Y-wings are your bombers. So you can do that and like set off literally a bombing charge to the entire Imperial Star Destroyer and just take that thing out. Yeah. So if you work together with your team, um, you have your bonner, bomber, you have your interceptor, you have your fighters, everything like that. You can easily win through these battles pretty quickly. Yeah, which is it's going to be um, – that's the other aspect of it is how long does one of these battles last? Is it going to be one of those things where it, it's you can get through it in 20 minutes, half an hour, or is it going to be one of those things where we're sitting there doing it like you're doing a Destiny raid where you're there for three hours? I don't think it'll be three hours. I think it's going to be more around the – um, type of apex full game length, which is 20 minutes to half an hour, depending on how you play. Um, that's for the big fleet battles anyway, where you got to take out Star Destroyers and things like that. Um, as for the typical dogfights, I think it's going to be more like a Call of Duty multiplayer match. It'll probably take, what, 10 minutes. Are they going to put a battle or owl mode in this? <laughs> that could be interesting. Oh, 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 where you got to go to hide? I'm going to just go on the other side of Yemen over there and I'm going to hide behind the planet. <laughs> it, it could be interesting if you got, I don't know, you wouldn't be able to do a huge number, but if you had like 25 versus 25 or something like that where you, you start off where your aim is to obviously kill off some of them there and then go through from there and obviously if it's, different respawn things. So like if you're in a dogfight and you get killed, maybe you respawn into one of the secondary ships on the, one of the guns or something like that. And if that ship gets blown up, then you end up on one of the destroyers or the, the larger ones and you're on the gunship for there or something like that. So the end of the day is that if you're not having people that are in the dogfight respawn back and come back again to dogfight again, so you've got that knocking them down a, a peg to eventually take out the um, big ships. It actually sounds cool. It kind of sounds like Battle Royale mixed, mixed with their fleet battles. Um, and if they got some people from like the battlefield team over, because they do a lot of that like respawn on certain location stuff to come in, help them out with that. I reckon they could actually have a really good game out of that. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see what happens is more Gameplay, I think the biggest thing about all these game releases and announcements and stuff like that is actually trying to see the gameplay. Not like it's all 
nice seeing these videos of all these trailers and everything else like that, but I actually want to see how the game is going to behave on these consoles. Um, they've also, obviously, EA Sports comes out with their usual Madden, FIFA and NBA. They didn't announce an NBA. Well, they've got NBA 2K21. That's not EA. Oh, okay. That's 2K Sports. Oh, yeah, that's true. A- NBA does M- uh, EA does NBA Live, which they put on the back burner again because they can't keep up with 2K. Well, there you go. So you've got their Madden and their FIFA. I, I've never played it. I don't think I've played a FIFA game. Actually, I did. I played FIFA 13 or 14, whatever, that one that came free with an Xbox console. That was 13. Yeah, it was the only time I ever played a FIFA game. I booted it up just to see what it was like and then deleted the game afterwards. Yeah, so EA's biggest thing with um, their EA Sports lineup at the moment is They've brought back the um, it's in a game, it's in the game slogan for one. Um, Did they bring back the original guy that said it? It sounds almost exactly the same. Um, but the other thing is, I know Two K were actually looking at um, trying to make their own simulation Madden game um, or American football game because it probably wouldn't be called Madden because that's all based off of John Madden. So, um, but. EA earlier this month actually secured the exclusive licensing for the NFL um, again for the next five years or something, which means 2K can't make one. But with the Madden one, I've never played a Madden one. I should really actually have a look at it. I think it's in Game Pass or something like that, so I could probably have a look at it. But how far back, like I know they do the, with some of the sports games, they're putting more of this like career mode in where you start out as a player and you move your way through the ranks. Are they going to like look at doing that, not in a Madden game, but doing it in a spin-off where they're going to go through and look at doing like college football and yeah, they, everything they, else? They did do that. Um, it wasn't the last one. It was the one before that. It had like, did you ever see Friday Night Lights yep. TV series? It was exactly that. There's a career mode of that. They started a college and went through and got drafted and went through that. It was exactly like the NBA 2K games have been in the last three years, except Madden. Yeah. <laughs> and it, just, it, it just, got a lot of good reviews and stuff. And then last year they slightly changed it. <laughs> I just think that that's a, one of the aspects that can sort of bring people in that are not that are not your diehard NFL players or NFL um, supporters and everything. They can come in and like play a game, do a career mode. I know like, F1 2019 and I think 2020 they've evolved it even more. They're doing a career mode sort of thing. And I think in 2020 you can, they do one step further, they've gone now and you can um, have your own team. Well, that's insane. <laughs> so that you have your own F1 team, you got to go get your own spot. Like you've got the level of difficulty sort of thing. You can mm. be the whole hog where you've got to go get sponsors and then you do the races and where you get in the races gets the money that you get out of everything and you develop your team from there and etc. So what they've done is they've taken F1 team manager from PC and put it into a Formula One game. Pretty much, but you don't actually have to play that one if you don't want to. Yeah. You can just go and do your normal career mode where you're just a person going through there, but they've added that extra aspect of being able to have your own team and everything that goes with that. Uh, the other thing was Bioware did a big tease. Yeah. Um, so, 
It looks dark. It looks gloomy. It looks absolutely fantastic on next gen. We got another horror game coming out. Well, see, I was trying to pinpoint what it looked like and like I was pretty convinced that it might be a new IP and then I saw started popping up on Twitter and things like that, which is actually a really, really convincing thought that it might be a new Dragon Age. Yeah, I did see that pop up on Twitter and I've seen in a couple of articles they were saying that EA was going to announce a Dragon Age. So maybe that is the teaser that we've we've seen. Well, Dragon Age is Bioware and it's been a while since the last one. Um like twenty fifteen. Yeah. So um yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see, but it definitely looked very much like it. So I'd if that is the game and that was in-game footage and stuff, even if it's this early days, it looks impressive. I mean, it's a big tree, but it looks impressive. Oh, we'll just have to see what happens as more stuff, more stuff launches, and hopefully, um, with the fact that we've got all these new consoles coming out, we're going to see more and more trailers and gameplay and everything as as the year progresses. Being the fact that we can, um, they can put stuff up pretty easily onto their channels and have live showcases. We should be um, experiencing more and more of these, I think. Yeah, it's, um, I think they got to do a little bit more to change up these online stream, like live streams for announcements and things like that. If they're going to make it the future of these kinds of things, like obviously it's cheaper for them, but I mean, the big advantage that E3 still has I know I'm turning this into an E3 conversation quickly, um, is you get people like from IGN and GameSpot and all that kind of stuff that actually get hands-on with this stuff. And they give you feedback. And they can tell you like, oh, the shooting like this felt really good, like really spot on or the driving mechanics were completely off, like they still do a lot of work to do. If they could bring that to these kinds of live streams, like... um. Well, it gets like, back to going to the old days of um, beta testing, alpha tester and beta testing yeah. and having um, picking people that are obviously, to me, with the way that streaming is and everything like that and their content teams that most of these developers have, they should have them out looking around at streamers and stuff like that and saying, hey, look, do you mind off stream having a look at one of our games and playing it and giving us your honest feedback? Yeah, well, a lot of them do. I mean, I know Bethesda do that and things like that. Um, what did they do with Fallout 76 then? I don't know about that. but Shows I'm, the wrong develop, wrong people to ask for feedback. The whole, um, that space game that Bethesda been working on, yep. that all got leaked by a content creator that was testing the game. Oh, uh, there is that aspect, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they do do it. But, like, what I would like to see is, like, say they announce that Skate 4 is coming soon. And then they say, you're on, if you're on your Xbox or PlayStation or PC at the moment, go to the store, download our 20 minute demo, see what you think. Yeah. That's, that's a good avenue to go through. Only needs to be like a 20 minute temporary demo. It can only needs to be on the storefront for like, you know, a week. And then at the end, it asks for feedback. Yeah. Cause that's all they're getting at E3 anyway, is feedback from content creators and, journalists and stuff like that with how the game feels, what they think they could change, everything. Like we used to get that asked out at EB Expo as managers. Like they changed the Assassin's Creed Origins control scheme because it was 
fucking horrid when we first played it at at AB Expo in Sydney. Um, And by the time the game came out, it was completely different. Well, you got the aspect if you do have those demos, you're going to get people reviewing them online and giving their feedback and you'll be able to go through and actually look at the different um, feedback you're getting from the different people and build from that. Mm, Exactly. I mean, for what it would cost to put something temporary like that on Steam or think or Xbox Live or something like that compared to hiring actual testers, which, I mean, a few hundred actual testers would probably cost more than thousands, probably even hundreds of thousands of people playing your game for 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, that's true. Something worth looking at. Um, of these games that EA have brought out, which one are you going to look at getting? Um, well, Apex I've already got. I'm a sucker. Um, I'm curious about Rocket Arena. If it's a free to play, then I'll probably go for it. Star Wars Squadrons, I'm getting it. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, and buts. Skate Four, I'll probably check out depending on what it looks like. But I'm more excited for Tony Hawk's at this point. And if it is a new Dragon Age game brought out by Bioware, I will definitely be going headfirst into that. If it's something else, I want a proper look at it because all they've done lately with Mass Effect has pissed me off. And that's another thing. They pissed me off because there's no Mass Effect trilogy remaster. Yep, they've remastered everything else so far. They haven't done that one. I I will literally start going in, into EA and blowing shit up. Do you know an Australian run is the CEO of EA? No. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Unless there is a Mass Effect trilogy remaster. <laughs> oh, I think they'll get around to it eventually. They all seem to be remastering all the popular the um big games at the moment, but I think the fact that we're in the, at the end of a life cycle in a console, they're probably gonna look at either remastering it onto the new ones. Well, that's what I want. I want it on Series X. I want it on PS5. Oh well. See I, what happens. I just want them to do it. But EA is a, one of the only companies that has barely done a remaster. Yeah. Well, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued. I'm actually intrigued to play Apex Legends on Switch just to see how it plays. I'll definitely be doing that. Um, I'll be giving Rocket Arena a go and Star Wars Squadrons. Um, I think Skate 4, I'm just going to probably see how other people's gameplay go and everything like that. Um, I'm more, as you said, more looking forward to the Tony Hawk remaster and actually back in and playing those is it because we're old i don't know it's just <laughs> one of those games that i had when i originally had the old ps1 exactly so it's like that um is it because we're old and we just want that nostalgia i don't know because it's like i i got crash bandicoot when it remastered on when that that, that mm. dropped which they've obviously now just brought out another tease that apparently there's a fourth one of those coming out mm-hmm. yep um so it's intrigued to see what happens over the next few months i reckon to see if there actually is any more remastered games coming out or whether everyone's just head down bums up into new generation consoles yeah so i i don't think there unless you got got it on like smart delivery for xbox i don't think there's much point in bringing out a remaster at this stage well i don't know i reckon i'm trying to work out whether cyberpunk's going to actually come out before the end of the year i think it will um, uh, I, I did read 
through the reasons and stuff like that, and it's nothing game-breaking. They just want that level of polish. Um, I think they're just trying to make sure that it is as pretty or prettier than what Witcher was when it came out. Fair enough. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, well, that finishes this week's podcast. If you need to find us, we've got an email address, birdieandbasepodcast at essentialgamer.com.au. So send us an email. If you're on uh, Instagram or Facebook, look us up. It's essentialgamerau. And if you're on Twitter, it's essentialgamerau. Um, if you see any more interesting gameplay or trailers or anything else like that of the um, EA games, feel free to tag us in it so we can check it out. Till next week, see ya. Bye.